Hi, I'm Michael Siddle. And I'm Nick Nanos. And welcome to Trendline. Yes, I am back. Uh, Nick, so uh, COVID-19 cases uh, leveling off in Canada. Provinces are reopening uh, their economies now. Ontario expanded its reopenings this week. In the U.S., it's a far different story. Uh, very scary numbers coming out of there. So in terms of, uh, of, of an issue of national importance, where, where does COVID-19 fit in our, in our issues tracker? Am I supposed to mime like a roller coaster where we kind of go up? <laughs> Anyways, so uh, Michael, you know, we track uh, unprompted national issue of concern every week. Mm -hmm. uh, COVID coronavirus peaked at around 50%, which is quite high uh, mm -hmm. as an issue. Drop back down, now back up to 28%. So it's actually has been a bit of a roller coaster with a steep climb, a steep drop, and now a little bit of a recovery. And right now about 28% of, uh, of Canadians cite coronavirus as a top national issue of concern with jobs nipping at the heels. Can a virus have heels? Well, anyways, jobs in second at 23%. So, you know, it's interesting. It seems like uh, as Canadians start to focus on going back to work, uh, there's been a little bit of an uptick in anxiety about the coronavirus. So, uh, again, Canada and the U.S. are in very different places now. Um, I just want us to, to compare our two leaders. So we're going to listen to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau talking about how we're handling the COVID-19 outbreak and U.S. President Donald Trump. Every step of the way, as we look at those next steps, we need to make sure we are keeping Canadians safe, first and foremost. I understand how difficult this is and how frustrating this is for some people, but we know that reopening too quickly or carelessly would lead us to a resurgence that might well force us to go back into lockdown, to, uh, to shut down the economy once again. COVID, COVID-19, COVID. I say, what's the 19? COVID-19, some people can't explain what the 19. So, so there you go. I, I'm wondering if, Nick, a, a lot of the concern that Canadians have, renewed concern, the second wave of concern, has to do with uh, America and the, and the U.S.-Canadian border. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, that's, that's certainly a factor. Think of, think of it this way, Michael. You know, it's kind of like being in a neighborhood and like your household is okay. Mm -hmm. And then you open the window and then you see your neighbors are coughing and getting sick. Mm. And, you know, Canada is a border country to start off with. 90% of, of Canadians live within one hour drive of the border. So it shouldn't be a surprise that when Canadians see that the coronavirus is perhaps getting worse in the United States, that uh, Canadians worry about that. And uh, they worry about what's happening at home. And they wonder, could Canada have uh, a second wave of uh, COVID-19. So uh, mm. those things are definitely at play right now. So how do Canadians feel about the Trudeau government's handling of it so far? Um, uh, are they still doing okay in, 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 in the party rankings? Yeah, actually in the Nanos ballot tracking that we do every week, the Liberals are at 38%. That puts them in majority territory, five mm. points up from the uh, last election, the Conservatives are back at 26%. That's low. Like wow. if you're Stephen Harper, you're probably, Michael, clutching your chest and stomping your feet, wondering what is happening to the party, <laughs> hmm. the party that he created. They're down yeah. uh, eight points. So, uh, so what we see right now is the Liberals in uh, majority territory. And uh, I have to ask then, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on perhaps an, an early election call? 
Well, uh, election calls, and uh, Michael, no offense to any of the listeners and viewers that are dentists or are in families that have dentists, but elections are a bit like a trip to the dentist. Necessary, but mm. not necessarily always a happy experience. So, uh, so, you know, the thing is, is if I was just looking at the numbers and, you know, we don't do polling for any of the parties, we're nonpartisan. If I was just looking at the numbers, if you've got a 12-point lead over your opponent, if your numbers are in majority territory, you're probably not afraid of, uh, of having a federal election, especially mm. at a time when the government, it's, this, is, this is like a whole different world compared to 2019. And mm -hmm. uh, the government is racking up big deficits. It's running up debt. It's pumping stimulus into the economy to help Canadians and businesses. And uh, so it shouldn't be a big surprise that uh, perhaps there might be some people on the red team that are thinking, this is kind of like Dr. Evil. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should have, maybe, maybe the liberals might want an election. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, the, the one thing that they have to worry about is backlash. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, election. We don't want no stinking election. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what the liberals have to watch out for. So opportunity, yes. Potential backlash also there. So where are the conservatives now? They're in the middle of their leadership contest. Uh, we saw a couple debates last night. French language, not so great, let's say. Uh, English language debate, uh, pretty good, uh, I thought. So a lot of the issues that came up, though, were uh, social conservative issues. Um, I mean, we have some social conservative candidates like uh, Sloan bringing up things like, you know, he used the term cancel culture. Uh, he raised uh, the abortion issue again. I mean, in the middle of all this COVID-19 spending, CERB, I mean, what's, I do, where is this coming from? Yeah, well, it, there could this. The COVID-19, the pandemic outbreak, couldn't be at a worse time for the conservative leadership or for, for leadership of any party. Like, let's face it, the Green Party is going through a leadership too. We should talk about them mm -hmm. at some point. But, mm -hmm. you know, for the conservative party, which is what we're focusing on right now, uh, it's hard for them to get in the news because that's all people really want to hear about is the pandemic and what's happening on that front. And they want to hear about the economy. And uh, those things are, are much more important than whoever will be the next leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. But you know, when you think of the Conservative Party and some of this focus on social, uh, you know, socially conservative issues, um, it shouldn't be a big surprise because you know, the fact of the matter is, Canadians are different than Conservative voters are different than Conservative Party members who will vote in a leadership race. Mm. And uh, social Conservatives are a much bigger force in the Conservative Party of Canada today compared to the electorate, which, so it shouldn't really be a surprise that there are candidates that want to talk about social issues, put that conservative lens on it, and uh, try to appeal uh, to those conservative party members where social issues are very important to them. Now, speaking of social issues, we're, we're in a moment of, um, you know, great action against anti-Black racism, systemic racism, and the, the party that's most represented by that now is is the NDP. They have the only racialized leader uh, in the House of Commons. Um, what are we seeing with the NDP numbers uh, in, during this time? Yeah, so good and bad news for the New Democrats. Nationally, they're at 14%, which is about two points lower than where they were in the last federal election. Their brand, like we mm. have a brand index score, right, which is like a score out of 100. Their brand is actually stronger than the conservative brand and, and uh, not as strong as the liberals. So that means that for the New Democrats, 
when you roll up people that are voting NDP, when you vote, when you roll up what people think of Jagmeet Singh, the leader of the New Democrats, people that are open to the New Democrats, they're actually doing better than the Conservatives right now. But you know, the thing mm. is, is that for Jagmeet Singh, he has a lot of credibility on this. And let's just, let's just, let's just focus on the fact that he's the leader of the New Democrats. Traditionally, the leader of the New Democratic Party of Canada has credibility on social, racial, diversity, equality issues, period. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, the way he's conducted himself over the last year during the last election has created even more credibility for him. So it shouldn't be a surprise that he's engaging on this racist issue, not just because of the credibility, not just because of the chair that he sits in as leader of the New Democrats, but because of who he is and uh, what he's passionate about. And mm -hmm. I think uh, it's one way, at least, or one strategy for Jagmeet Singh and the New Democrats to cut through the clutter out there to try to differentiate themselves from the Liberals and to get some profile because, you know, you have Justin Trudeau and his government who are in the news almost every day talking about COVID-19 and what they're doing to help Canadians and Canadian enterprises. You've got the Conservatives who are focused on the leadership. So for the New Democrats, it looks like this is the agenda they want to kind of focus on in order to engage Canadians and galvanize support for New Democrats right across the country. Now, Jagmeet Singh's uh, two predecessors, Tom Mulcair and Jack Layden, had a strong base in Quebec. They really grew the party there. Uh, if Jagmeet Singh is really strong on systemic racism in Canada, it, it, it seems like less of a pronounced issue or an acknowledged, let's say less of an acknowledged issue perhaps in Quebec. We saw uh, Quebec's premier um, earlier, uh, avoiding the use of the word uh, systemic racism. So let's listen to that. Okay, my definition of uh, uh, systemic racism is that there's a system in Quebec of racism. And I don't think that there's a system. I know that some people, they think that systemic means something else. So that's why, why do we have to fight for months about one word instead of fighting together against racism? So if you're the NDP, your NDP leader, Jagmeet Singh, and that's a really strong issue on your part, but um, how do you, I mean, is, how important is Quebec to that party now? Can, can he sort of solidify his support in, in Ontario and elsewhere? Well, you know, Quebec was critical and was for a number of years, the base of the New Democratic Party under uh, Leighton and Mulcair. And that's slipped away from the New Democrats uh, over the last number of years, and especially in the last federal election. But the New Democrats now, their new uh, base and one of their uh, strongholds is in British Columbia, specifically in Vancouver and the lower mainland. And uh, this particular issue plays well in high density urban areas like Vancouver, uh, also plays well in Toronto, which is a very diverse uh, city. And mm -hmm. uh, I think, uh, you know, for the New Democrats, engaging on this, not just because for the New Democrats, it's the right thing for them to do, not just because they want to do it, not just because they have a lot of credibility, but it actually probably aligns with areas of the country that are most likely to be open to voting the New Democrat, that the Liberals can try to pick up, or that the New Democrats can try to pick up mm. in their world at the expense of the Liberals. But in Quebec, it's still going to be a tough slog and, you know, it's going to be a tough slog for the New Democrats. It's going to be a tough slog for the Conservatives in Quebec. Uh, you know, because the, the fact of the matter is, is that the next leader of the Conservatives 
will either be an individual from Atlantic Canada or an individual from Ontario, two mm -hmm. front runners, O'Toole and McKay, and uh, they're French. They have working knowledge not, of French, but it's not... Not so good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess everything's relative. You know, <laughs> not as good as Stephen Harper's French, not as good as Andrew Shear's French, definitely yeah. not as good as Brian Mulroney's French, and, you know, he was a Quebecer. So uh, on the Pantheon, if, if there ever is such a thing as a Pantheon mm -hmm. of, of conservative leaders and their French, it's probably going to be more like this as opposed to... It, it being higher, at least under, right. under a number of conservative leaders. Mm. I want to uh, bring it back to CERB because uh, and the NDP, uh, Jagmeet Singh has also hammered uh, the government on CERB, on extending it uh, to help out lower income Canadians. Um, where, where do Canadians, what do Canadians feel about uh, the economy now that provinces are reopening? Uh, are, are they getting more optimistic or less? Well, a little more optimistic than they were before, but you know, the thing is, is in the Bloomberg Nanos tracking, when we look at that, like when we look at a trend line, it's like a trend line is like this, mm -hmm. and then coronavirus happens and it plunges down. And mm -hmm. you can see it's becoming, when you look at the trend line, it's a bit of a U-shaped curve. Uh, Canadian consumer confidence as measured by Bloomberg is basically still net negative when it comes to the forward view, but it's mm -hmm. starting to improve. So, you know, we talk about V, U, W, X, Y, whatever you want to call it, shape, trend line. Right mm -hmm. now, the trend line for consumer confidence looks like a U. That probably means that we'll probably be in negative numbers at, at least for another 90 days. But there mm -hmm. could be, how we say, a little bit of Christmas hope uh, that uh, we might be on the other end of the uh, coronavirus and its negative impact. Assuming, can we put a big caveat star? Assuming that there's no second wave. Yeah. No second wave, all bets are off, and uh, who knows what will happen. And that's a big if. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so, so, Nick, uh, what are your predictions in, in, in the weeks ahead? Uh, some of my predictions, I would say, expect the Liberal government to introduce legislation where if the opposition parties don't like it, they go, eh, yeah, sure, you want an election? We'll give you an election. So uh, expect... Uh, non-pliant legislation from the Liberals where maybe they'll skirt to the edge of trying to provoke an election or not. Mm. Uh, so watch out for that. Watch out for a recovery in uh, consumer confidence after about another 90 days. And uh, let's see whether the Conservative leadership race can generate some excitement because the Conservatives need, it's like jumper cables. They need jumper cables on that party because right now they're 12 <laughs> points back they need an exciting close in the leadership in order to engage Canadians and become more competitive with the Liberals. Great. Nick, as always, thanks very much. And where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Nick, N-I-K, Nanos, or you can visit the website to get oodles of stats, www.nanos.co. And I'm also on Twitter at Michael Siddle. As always, thanks for listening.